is Digital Marketing. Today, it's Stephen Worley. Hello, and welcome to the Digital Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Snavely, and we've got a very timely episode today. We're talking with Stephen Worley, founder of the Maximum Effort Agency, all about creating your marketing plan for 2021. I told you it was timely. As you might imagine, it's a huge task to build out a marketing plan for your next year, and it can be hard to even know where to start. So Stephen takes us through some really simple exercises to get your cogs turning, and at the end, gives me a little insight on the key digital trend that businesses need to prepare for in the coming year. Here it is. Stephen, hello. Welcome to the Digital Marketer Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Jenna. Yeah, I'm really excited. There's so many things to talk about when you talk about creating a marketing plan for a year. Yeah. That's like a big task. Yeah, there's a ton. And even more, there's, I think, a lot going on <laughs> leading into 2021 that kind of flips some script for some of our lovely listeners. So just like from the top, before we even get into the marketing plan, could you tell everyone kind of who you are and and what you do and why you care? Sure. So I'm Steve. I own Maximum Effort Agency, and I guess I have a, I don't know, a little bit of a unique background. So I have a degree in computer science, and after I got that degree, I went into the military for a little bit and served in the 75th Ranger Regiment, which is a spec ops group. Thank you for your service. Yeah, absolutely. And then at the end of my military service, I started attaining a marketing degree, a master's degree, which I got way less useful than it sounds. I think uh, (laughs) DM trains way better than a lot of college education stuff. But that sort of propelled me into the marketing world and really started to do stuff within web and and digital, which is where, honestly, my heart's been since like eighth grade when I started coding HTML websites myself. So yeah, I remember learning CSS and I thought I was very cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know. I remember having like a high school web class and everyone else was using Dreamweaver and I did not understand Dreamweaver and I just hard coded it because they were just basic like really basic web pages. Yeah, that's so funny. I did one that was, do you know Spider Solitaire? No. It's solitaire, but oh, yeah. there's spiders on the cars. Okay. Yeah, I, know <laughs> I did talking. a Spider Solitaire themed website. So nice. Just really cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So you got into all this marketing stuff. Now you have your own agency and yep. you do it for clients. What do you specialize in? Yeah, so I really specialize now more on the strategy side of things. I'm, I'm more of a consultant than an agency at this point, I would say. I, I work with trying to create marketing plans for companies, and then I help carry them out working with their team or any other contractors involved. So we really literally couldn't have thought up a better topic for you to come yeah. talk about. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. I, I hope I can deliver on it. Yeah. It's the perfect time. It's the perfect person. It's the perfect place. Let's get into it. So when you are working with a client or yourself even, and you're starting to dig into that marketing plan, where do you start? We generally start by picking a market segment for the company. And the, the importance is that when you focus on everything and, and all those different market segments and starts to get really confusing with your messaging. So 
by starting with one specific market segment that you can sell to, that's the most important piece. And then you can start to shift in other market segments from there. So once you have that dialed down, generally we start looking at that customer avatar more specifically and break that down. Is there a specific way to find which avatar to focus on? Like, is it is it based on revenue and data or is it based on like sales conversations? Yeah, so there's definitely a couple different options to go there. And and really the best way is just to use some basic logic and not to overthink it. But mm-hmm. a lot of times a company wants to take their services or products in one specific direction. So as long as there is a good justification for doing that, there's a little bit of market research that was done on that and they have some proof of concept, I'm totally cool diving into that market segment. If someone's really trying to choose, uh, you see this sometimes in like the independent insurance agency type situation. Sometimes they offer employee benefits, which is more of like a B2B service and that's more profitable Mm. for them. And they also offer individual health and things of that nature. So sometimes they struggle with, do we go for the more profitable, harder sales cycle, or do we go and try to sell to more people? It just really depends on who you are as a business owner, who your employees are, and who you have experience working with and really enjoy working with. And that's the basic logic to kind of pick that market segment. I think that's a really good point that you should not only look at like what's been working and what the market share looks like, but also what do you want to do? Who do you want to reach? Because I have a feeling your messaging will connect even more when you pick that person. Yeah, absolutely. And work with people that you enjoy being with in real life. Because if you pick this other market segment, you know, that is just like people you just have zero beliefs with or anything of that nature, it's just going to make the business like not as enjoyable. Yeah, might as well have some fun. Yeah, exactly. So once you kind of pick that avatar, tell me how deep you go into the customer avatar process. Yeah, absolutely. So digital marketer is a fantastic customer avatar canvas built out. And we want to dive as deep as humanly possible into this avatar. We really want to understand who they are the different hobbies they have, the things they're reading, things like that. So that's like the non-business related characteristics. And after that, you start diving into the actual pieces related to the business. You're going to understand why they want what you want, what their fears are around what you want. A a lot of the really big things is like the secret desire. Hmm. The secret desire is like a really tough thing to think about sometimes. I I work with some clients and we start talking on the secret desire on a strategy call. And sometimes it takes 10 minutes to get that out. And then sometimes the person just knows they're like, Hmm. well, their secret desire is to like actually ascend to a different position or, or something like that. Yeah. How do you get to that for people who don't have it right off the top of their head. So by the time we're talking about secret desire, we usually have a lot of other things written down mm-hmm. and on the whiteboard on everything else about this customer. So I can start pulling on experience based on what I see trend-wise and what kind of jobs they have, whether they have families. And then once you know what that product is, there's usually some sort of correlation there 
to try and figure out what this person might be trying to do that they don't want other people to necessarily know about or and not necessarily that they don't want people know about they just don't they just don't know about it sometimes they don't want other people know about but sometimes they just don't tell people but i really just feel like what you need to do is you need to connect the dots of what's already there use the information provided to you to be able to make the connection so i don't know if this is a curveball or a softball okay but considering some of the things that your custies may have gone through in the last year or so. Let me reword it. How do you think some of the secret desires might change going into building this plan for 2021? 2021 is very different from any other year we've experienced. Not only are we unsure of the upcoming COVID situation here in the States, we just went through a presidential election. So A lot of business owners tie themselves to politics in some sort of way. Mm -hmm. And then the whole COVID thing, like we don't know when there's going to be a vaccine, when everything's be able to open up and tie that to a different president coming in. Is this going to, you know, close us down, affect our business if we're not all digital, things of that nature. So going back to your question, you know, how can the secret desires specifically affect 2021 and and developing that marketing plan, a lot of it is, I think a lot of it's going to be peace of mind. Like people Mm. just have so much uncertainty right now within everything. So any sort of peace of mind that you can provide someone is really important. I, I think when COVID first started happening, a lot of people realized they had to do more digital marketing. They had to put content out there, things like that. I don't think that should stop. I think it was just a kick in the butt for a lot of the people not doing it already. But I think really focusing on the way your messaging is in order to talk to those people Mm -hmm. and just be a sense of peace to them. Yeah, I think that's huge. And I love the way you put that peace of mind, because to me, when I think of someone's core secret desire, whether it's like, I would guess like, be loved, (laughs) not die alone, plus that peace of mind that they might need. You can really like hit such a deeper message when you're intersecting those two things. Yeah. Yeah. And generally, I I think it's pretty universal that your product and service, you don't necessarily want someone to always have to be thinking about. You want it to just like naturally fall into their life and give them something where they don't have to think about it. Mm -hmm. And it's just part of it. And, and I don't mean that in a negative way too, where it overtakes their life or anything like that. But it's just another thing that they don't have to worry about. Okay, so you've done the customer avatar, you understand who you're talking to, you, you know who they are. What do you go into next? Sure. So once we dive into their customer avatar, and we have that worked up, we will talk about messaging, which is still technically part of that customer avatar canvas. We want to know their before and after states Mm. for, you know, all the different levels. But after we've finished that and we've completely built that out, we're really diving into the customer value journey, the CVJ. And that eight-step marketing plan is what allows businesses to understand their big picture But then we can break down the big picture into very specific 
tasks of things that they need to accomplish moving forward into the next year or next three months, what, whatever that time frame is. And I know we're generally talking about creating a marketing plan for 2021. So ideally you want to create big picture for the next year and then start to break down within those individual eight steps, what you're doing to secure that. Some of those things are going to take more time and some of them are just more of a fundamental change, like the excite stage is just more of like how we handle that versus the awareness stage of all the different stuff that we have to produce and put out to paid ads or engagement, content marketing, moving into stages two and three. Yeah. So I know that there are going to be some listeners who know the customer value journey back and forwards, like mm-hmm. the, the back of their hand. But for anyone kind of new to DM strategies, could you explain a little bit about what the customer value journey looks like, what it is? Yeah. So put really simply, it's a, a way to attain customers and turn those customers into referring and raving fans. The overall idea of it is someone that has no idea who you are, no idea you exist, comes across your brand and they engage with it at some point. And eventually you're gonna try and work them up to a, a point where you get them to purchase a product. Now there's mm-hmm. a lot of steps that happen. Generally a core purchase happens in stage six of eight. So wow. you have to work through all the different awareness, engagement, trying to capture those leads with some sort of lead magnet, maybe get them on a webinar at some point and really get them to, to feel it, and it doesn't have to be the pain necessarily, but feel a pain or just get really excited about the product or what they need to believe in to purchase. And then they make that purchase, potentially purchase some other products and then move them through a further process that allows them to refer people. And that part's really important because that basically keeps the wheel going, right? So how would a business go about choosing which parts of the value journey to dive into and like for their marketing plan and which ones will be the most impactful? So I think it's really important that we focus on the customer avatar canvas first and understanding that messaging, because I think the most important piece moving forward is going to be your messaging. As long as you can nail Mm -hmm. that right, you're going to have some success. even if it's not organized the best way. But if you're more in the B2B landscape, you're really going to be focusing on that core sales process. Or if you're doing one-on-one sales, things of that nature, you're going to really focus on that sales process that, you know, hard before you close the sale, the excite stage, how you're talking to them, all those different things. When you're talking more of like an e-commerce, selling to scale, and I don't want to over-prioritize one thing over another because it's all really important, but the awareness, the engagement part, like those pieces are really important for those brands. Those are the big kickers that you you see. And then how you're taking their information that they provide you at some point, their email address, phone number, whatever, and how you are continuing to market to them. But it all comes back to messaging. So you have to just do it in, in a very clear way and you have to, have something that's willing to purchase. You have to have good offers. Mm -hmm. So if you can't focus on it all 100%, 
Generally, we like to work backwards a little bit, um, looking at what their core product is and working backwards from there. But like those e-commerce brands and just selling to scale, you're going to want to make sure that you have that awareness stuff set up because you are going to need to acquire more customers because they're generally not paying you quite as much. There's a way to get right. them to pay, pay you more, but it's not like a B2B business where, you know, your clients could be worth 10,000 or 10 million even, depending on the business that you run. So, Yeah. 10 million. I need to figure that business model out. Yeah, there you go, right? <laughs> One customer, good to go. Yeah. <laughs> hey, DM listeners, did you know that you can generate leads from Instagram without using any landing pages or websites? If you're not sure what I'm talking about, Instagram actually allows businesses and influencers to set up automations to automatically capture leads through the Instagram inbox. So this means that you can generate leads for your business all using 100% automated Instagram messages. And the good news is our friends at Bot Builders can show you exactly how to do it. They're an industry leader, and these guys have landed some of the biggest clients in the world. So if you want to learn how to use Instagram automation to generate leads, go check out their free training at botwebinar.com. They'll show you exactly how it works. You'll see a live demo and also how you can start using their pre-built templates to start going after big clients yourself. Once again, that's botwebinar.com. So we kind of have a, a pretty good, we've gotten a pretty good look at like some of the things you need to be diving back into to make this marketing plan. But I'd love to hear just some of your own insights on trends and changes that people can go into next year kind of expecting and plan for? One of the things is this whole remote work type of situation that we're seeing mm. pop up everywhere. A lot of businesses are moving to remote work. A lot of them have already, and they're not going back. They're making the decision that we are going to stay a remote team. Now, what a lot of businesses did, I'm not saying it's all of them, obviously, but what a lot of businesses did is they basically put a Band-Aid on something where they needed to go to the doctor, get a consult and get surgery and uh -huh. fix it for the long term. So a lot of businesses just were not prepared for work from home. And they got a quick tool, they implemented something fast and just put it in there and, and hope for the best. And it might have worked a little bit, but it doesn't necessarily solve the entire dilemma of if that isn't working fantastically, because you need to be able to be built to scale in order to succeed. So I think like really understanding your tech stacks and I've seen companies even hire someone as like a director for remote work just to specifically wow. focus on these very important ways, because this is how your entire team's working together. And also marketers where they come in and play a role in this and digital marketing as a whole is it's very integrated within the technology piece. So I think it's really important that when you do work with specific marketers or an agency, whoever that is, has a really good understanding of the technology out there to help your different tools work together. Your project management system, your messaging system, if you're you know using Slack, and then being able to tie that into your marketing tools and make it as seamless as possible, automate as much as possible. Uh, if you have a bunch of people doing really manual stuff to track things, that's going to bog your team down and hurt the output. Yeah. And I think that's such a good note too, that I think a lot of businesses 
we're so focused on moving to digital to serve customers and moving to digital to serve their employees got kind of pushed to the back burner. And so I love that you bring that up because your business is not going to do, maybe you'll be able to make a sale, but the collaboration needed, the project management, the organization needed to build a better business in 2021 is like so reliant on if your employees have what they need. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on to the next trend. What what else are you seeing? I think one of these trends that have just increasingly become popular year after year is reviews. You know, Bright Local always comes up with really good stats. And I don't have any moving into 2020, but they do their review each year. So the 2019 is 82% of consumers are reading online reviews. 53% of those people who read them are willing to use a business with less than a four-star review. So you're almost mm-hmm. cutting out half of your potential customer base of the ones that read reviews, which is over 80%, if you don't have over a four-star review. That's one of those things that are just insanely eye-opening and you need to focus on how you are attaining testimonials how you are continuing to build that up, how you're displaying them, how you're sharing them. It's really important. If you're a local business, it's easy because you can just pop it on. It all happens on Google My Business or even like Facebook recommendations. But when you're more of a remote business, it's a little bit harder to attain those reviews, but you want them and you want to make sure they're in lots of different areas for people to be able to see and justify their purchasing decision. And I'll say, I'll just add, like, those are 2019 stats, and those are big numbers. And I can only imagine when they come out with their 2020 stats, how those numbers will change, because I have a feeling they did not go down. No, they and, and those numbers are pre-COVID. Those numbers come out at the beginning of the year, and that's going to be really important. And I, I don't think even once there's any sort of vaccination or anything like this, like people are going to stop looking at reviews. I think it's just, it it was always trending up. I think this just accelerated that. And the people Mm -hmm. that are taking those reviews more seriously, they're not going to stop taking reviews seriously because all of a sudden they can go back out in public without a mask. I think the reason that they are taking it more seriously is because now in the comfort of their home, they're realizing that they aren't communicating as much with the people that they usually see in the physical world. So they're relying more on these reviews. That's huge. What you got next, Stephen? So the next thing is tied very closely to reviews. And I still uh, pull a stat here, but communication, especially with people working from home. So people want the good customer service. And to just Bounce it off the points that I already made. 97% of people read a business's response to reviews. Why are they doing that? They want to know how you communicate. And I didn't pull this stat, but the majority of people reading those responses to reviews are they're on negative reviews because mm-hmm. they want to know how a business handles a situation if something doesn't go perfectly. And Sometimes you can see that the the customer who wrote the bad review was just honestly a really poor customer and yeah. <laughs> you can see through it. But then sometimes you can see where businesses get 
ultra defensive and they stick to their their guns in a certain way. And that tells a story that this is not a, a business that I feel like if something goes wrong, they're going to make it right. And we want to work with businesses that we feel are going to make a situation right if they need to do this. I have a real life example that just happened to me last week. I have ordered some new dog food for my dogs. This company is huge with text support. You can just text the number, they text you back. Well, something happened with the food that I had. Like I was like, can I do this? Can I do that? And they're like, well, this is just the experience we don't want. So we're just going to send you a whole new batch for free. Like it wasn't even like me asking for them to send it for free. They just did it. And, and the communication was just on point. And those are the things that people are looking for when they're doing business with a company. Because you feel like you just can't lose. Like, sure, you're spending money with them, but you feel good about doing business with them. You feel like they're good people on the other end. They genuinely care about you. And for me, they care about my dogs. So it's very just a good little example to throw around in terms of communication. You need to have a way to have customers communicate with you easily for support. It needs to be done very efficiently too, to be able to retain those customers and not let them jump ship. Customers are not just vetting the product, right? When they're reading reviews, they're vetting you as a brand. So that's just a really great reminder. And that's a crazy number, 97%. Yeah. Read the business's response. I guess I do because it's almost like popcorn drama. You're like, oh, what is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you're and if you're in the B2B world, that's even more important because they're literally buying you in the B2B world. They're not mm. those big sales. They're believing mm-hmm. in you to deliver that. So they know they need the service and they're trying to pick who to go with. And generally, they're working with who they can trust the most. Do they feel they can trust the most? That's huge. What else you got? One of the last trends that I just want to touch on for 2021 is, like I said, COVID really pushed people to do more in the digital world. But now people need to start, and, and businesses, I should say, need to start taking that more seriously. People are diversifying their social networks more than ever now. And your customers are not always going to be on Facebook like necessarily they were. I'm I'm not saying Facebook's a bad marketing channel. It's probably still the best one. They're just moving around to different areas. And this is also where it's really important to know your customer avatar, the ages that you're focusing on, especially when you have two different market segments and different, different demographics of age and things of that nature. You might start have to start thinking about TikTok. If some of if some of your market is, is pretty young and start doing some dances in front of the camera to excite people, to make you think that you're cool, <laughs> which I obviously am because I'm a dad. So <laughs> I, I have the best dances. But you can't just stay on Facebook and, and hope for the best. B2B businesses, they can do a lot on LinkedIn yet. LinkedIn has continued to get better for the B2B world. But especially those B2C brands, sticking on one channel just isn't going to be enough anymore if you want to keep up with your competition. If you're complacent where you're at and you don't want to scale, that's your thing. But 
If you do want to scale and you want to continue to grow as a company, I think focusing on multiple channels and being able to understand which market segment is on what channel and using the right messaging is what is going to set you apart in 2021. Because a lot of people hop more on the social media train in 2020. And the digital market world, we almost don't think about it because we're so ingrained in doing digital marketing. But there's so many businesses that even still like have made one post in the past six months and probably lots of people listening to this even. And I have been like, I've done that at times, right? So like we just fall into these pieces where we don't do a great job all the time and stay on top of it. So try and come up with a simple yet effective content marketing strategy and be able to push it to other channels relatively easily. And you can really do it honestly pretty quickly and pretty inexpensively. Yeah. And I think this ties back so well into the customer value journey. When you're mapping out where you're connecting with your customers or at like what stage you're connecting with your customers, adding where you're doing it is really important. And attaching people to those tasks that are going to be needing to carry that out too on your team. Or if you're going to bring on somebody else, whether it's internally or a virtual assistant, those things need to be known. Yeah. Stephen, these are incredibly important points leading into 2021. I'm so glad that we got to have you on. I do have one more question for you. But before I ask you, I'd like to know where can people reach out to you? Where can they find out more about you? Where can they buy something from you or tweet at you or whatever you want them to do? Yeah, absolutely. So I I think the easiest way is on MaximumEffort.Agency, spelled exactly how it sounds. They're all real words. So, (laughs) But if you want to hit me up on Facebook too, because I'm in the DM Engage community or anything like that, feel free. But you can also schedule a call with me on my website. I'm always happy to field those. So Sweet. And yeah, Stephen's a pro at helping create marketing plans. So if this sounds like I hate this and I don't want to do it, <laughs> someone please help me. He'd definitely be deep, be your dude. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Yeah. So Stephen, final question. And we ask this of every first time guest on the Digital Marketer Podcast. Oh, boy. If you could go back in time... And tell young Stephen anything at all, knowing what you know now. It doesn't have to be about business. It can be. What would you tell him and why? If I could go back in time and and just give myself just a little piece of advice, just that one thing to maybe propel me for just a little bit more of, of where I'm at today, it would have been to start surrounding myself with people better at a younger age, not saying I wasn't surrounded by good people. I've always had, you know, really good friends and things like that. But within my interests, I didn't include people or reach out to people that were a lot better than me at what I was thinking about doing and finding Mm -hmm. those mentors or or whatever. I, I never really loved the mentor term, but just surrounding yourself with people who are crushing it. Yeah. And I've done that more than ever these past two years, and I've seen way more growth. I've been able to get way better clients 
and I've been able to serve those clients way better. And I don't think it's like a testament of like all the years of work I've put in behind me. I'm not saying that isn't important, but I think most of it can be attributed to people that I've surrounded myself with and being able to learn from them and take their wisdom. I, I never feel like I'm the smartest person in the room. I don't feel like I'm the smartest person in the room right now. But I, I, I just feel like there's just always something to learn and just find those people to learn from. And I hope that I can help somebody learn something too, which is why I'm here. But I also think I'm wrong a lot too. So <laughs> continue to learn and be open-minded. Yeah, yeah, especially right now. None of us know what the heck is going on and Not at all. we're all just figuring it out. Yeah, we're just making guesses. And I don't even know if we can call them educated guesses right now what's going to happen. <laughs> I, I think it's really just like you have a feeling one way or another of what's going to happen. Well, Stephen, this was absolutely awesome and super fun. And I learned a lot. Thank you so much for your time. And it meant a lot to have you here. Yeah, no, this was an absolute blast. Thanks so much for taking me, Jenna. Yeah, of course. Well, and to you out there listening, it means so much to have a little bit of your day each week. And we'll see you same time, same place next week. Hey, DM listeners, if you're running a Black Friday or Cyber Monday special, listen up. Because Digital Marketer just released our Canva holiday promo pack. It includes almost 200 templates that you can use to make the graphics for all your upcoming holiday specials and three unique design themes for each holiday. The promo pack is usually $27, but you can get it today for free. Check the show notes for the link to download, or you can go directly to digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates.